Are you interested in hunting, Patrick? Oh, Christ, here we oh, go. Oh, Christ, here we I go. You might be interested in a story. The thought you never have is that someone might not be interested. <laughs> This is the Extra Hot Great Podcast, episode 203 for the week of May 15th, 2018. I am indestructible father box David T. Cole, and I'm here with <laughs> withdrawal voiceover Sarah D. Bunting. Sweating, shaking, puking. Syringe bender Tara Ariano. Bender is great. And dry cleaning heiress Nick Reinwell Jones. Why don't you martinize me up another martini, darling? <laughs> Welcome, she said in a normal tone of voice, to Extra Hot Great. <laughs> oh, <nice. laughs> Joining us this week is Nick Reinwell-Jones. Hello, Nick. Hi, Nick. Hello. Yay! We are here to talk about the Showtime miniseries Patrick Melrose starring Cinnamon Toast and Crunch, a.k.a. to some Benedict Cumberbatch. End of yeah. episode. <laughs> we Wait, am I going to have to do Patrick Melrose with farts now? <laughs> <laughs> I am. We- I am serious. I hated the show so much. I am putting this proposal to the podcast. Yeah. That's it. That's all we talk about. Patrick Melrose. <laughs> all those in favor, say aye. I have one or two things. Oh, boo. All right, fine. <laughs> All right. Um, starting with, I thought it's so this is based on several novels, the Patrick Melrose novels by Edward St. Aubin, who is British. Duh. Um, and I assumed when because I knew that while we were watching this episode, I assumed that they were like old. I assumed they not old, but I assumed they were from the 80s. That's what that I thought. That, too, was, yeah. that was the only excuse for why this thing was like so pleased with itself and like amazed with its own insights about addiction but no the first of these novels apparently was published in 1992 like well past the time when this it was an interesting topic what insights well exactly yes so nick what were you in agreement with dave that we should have just had the fart noise and moved on with our lives well i watched i watched the first two now when it when it came out um or, or when i when i heard about it i was like oh it's benedict cumberbatch oh it's that like it was, it was, mm-hmm. I was very much torn as a huge Toast and Crunch fan. I was like, well, I, is, is this a test of would I watch Benedict Cumberbatch? In anything? <laughs> <laughs> we all but, failed. Um, so I probably, you know, as much as I adore him, I, I probably wouldn't have watched it if it weren't for the podcast, but yeah. I actually found at least the first episode I enjoyed more than I expected to even seeing like that. It was literally no more than rich white guy doing drugs and going around a city. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, you know, and also being so similar to a certain, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio drug movie that I decided to coin it the Otter of Wall Street. Um, <laughs> 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 like it was like, wait, do they realize that we have seen this exact like quaalude <laughs> into cocaine scene before? Like this is not new. Well, um, at I least mean, Jordan Belfort had a job. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> He wasn't good at it, but he he did. Like this this guy is just not interesting to watch. I mean, I was so excited when Hugo Weaving played his dad in, in flashbacks, but like, what a mm-hmm. waste of Hugo Weaving, even. Uh, and what an what an 
appropriate uh, deployment of Allison Williams, I would say. Agree. Yes. <laughs> like, Especially exactly with, with, with all the other British to. people playing Americans. Yeah. Like, thank God they got the most American American to play this wasp princess in, in yeah. her dress straight out of uh, uh, American Psycho. Sarah, ha- I, we only watched one. How many did you watch? Um, three quarters. I bailed. Whoa. <laughs> So that I was just like, I, I watched, won. I, I watched <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a question mark. Like my notes were just like a list of the references that mm-hmm. I don't need referred to again. Like yeah. train spotting was the end of this right. kind of thing. Um, Cumberbatch is good and his Hugo weaving imitation is good, but <laughs> that's thin gruel to get through an hour and two minutes and finally i just looked at the clock and was like i like if anything happens in the next 12 minutes uh then my bad but i doubt it's gonna i doubt it's gonna be any different like even the music cues occasionally sounded just like sherlock like who is this for oh that's right cumberbatch super fans and they're gonna be pissed um there was a profile of St. Aubin in The New Yorker uh, like three or four years ago. I will put it in the show notes. It is a way better use of everyone's time mm-hmm. than this because you get wow, the same reading story. reading is better than this show. That is <laughs> <laughs> And goes, what you goes way faster. Say what? <laughs> uh, let me put this to the group. Um, if this was shot, oh, hell, well, let's just like try to ignore the age thing. This lead character, instead of the Cinnamon Toast and Crunch, who I thought was just, like, fine. Everybody I read is like, oh, it's a masterpiece. Per- <laughs> it is not a masterpiece performance. <laughs> you know what it was? Somebody went up to him and says, you get to do all of the acting emotions in one scene. Yep. You want to do this show uh-huh. or not? And he's like, hmm, that sounds challenging. What, who should have been in this? This should have been a role for Tim Roth. Yeah. Yeah, Dave said this yesterday. I agree. And probably was. Yeah. Yeah, I think little Odessa, he did this like who can't who we've seen it like and even the editing, the like bang, like uh, Mm. very, very. um, Why can't I think of the director of Snatch? Guy Ritchie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just kept thinking like anything to declare. Yeah. Don't go to England. Like, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) yeah. Don't go to England. I haven't been this mad at a TV show in a while. Like there's TV I just don't (laughs) like. But this one I really just hated. Like it, it bothered me. It just went on and on. I was going to set you guys up with a test about can you guys non-verbally do all the emotions in the acting scenes that uh, kind of, <laughs> you know, uh, Cumberbatch had to do for this. You know, like, okay, sure. now you're you're sad because your dad died, but now you're kind of happy. <laughs> <laughs> but don't remember, you were diddled as a kid. <laughs> well, do you know the origin story behind this, which actually, like, probably, you know, it makes it even more... Uh, dangerous i guess the like self-indulgence of it the way this came about supposedly is benedict cumberbatch was doing an ama on reddit someone was like hey what character would you really like to play and he immediately said oh i want to play patrick melrose from that series of novels uh... and so like this was something he like sought out to do as an actor so that's all like i, I feel like that never ends well well he's like, yeah the... he's a producer on it i mean this does yeah. it's it certainly smacks of like what am I going to use my juice for? Oh, this passion project. And then everyone yeah. else has to be like, oh, it's great. Yeah. Well, that yeah. proves my point. I, I really think he took this because he thought it was an acting tour de force. And mm-hmm. He's the local you know, theater director. He's got to put on the, he's basically the guy from Rise and he's trying to put on all the play. Uh. 
Yeah, basically. <laughs> I hated this so much. I'm not talking about it anymore. Yeah. Done. Same. I'm done. Right. I'm I, wait, I'm not done. I, any closing remarks? Uh, yes. my most hated show but that might have been my favorite segment in a while uh it is time to go around the dial <laughs> first stop tara ariana uh just a brief comment about um little women this new adaptation that is just premiered on masterpiece on pbs it's all i believe already aired in britain um it was a co-production so you know this is it's such a great story. Like it's a, you know, it's an ageless classic for a reason. There's so much great stuff in it. And like, it, no matter how many adaptations I've watched of it, and I've watched a few, like Amy burning Joe's manuscript will never not be heartbreaking. Like, but Amy is like one of the worst villains in American literature. And I, I stand by that. Like, I, you know, come at me with your counter arguments. She's the fucking devil. But, um, this adaptation, it's going to be at least three parts. I, I forgot to look up how many there are, but they, a lot of the stories that I've seen about it are like, it's worth watching just to see a star is born in it's Joe March. And so I looked it up. The woman who plays Joe March, one of the few Americans in a very Brit heavy cast um, is Maya Hawk. And if that name sounds familiar, it's because she's the daughter of Ethan Hawk and Uma Thurman, I believe. I thought it was going to be Tony Hawk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're skateboarding in this neat she's fine i mean i don't think there's ever anyone is ever going to top the casting of winona Ryder and christian bale as joe and laurie in the 1994 movie which had its problems but which i think was a, a really good adaptation um this one is so far pretty good um the the brits are very brit um they seem to have cast mostly americans in the like key roles other than emily watson as marmy but obviously she could do anything um and dylan baker as as their father is great like he's he hasn't been in the ep he's not in the first hour much if you know the story you know why but he's um of course always amazing uh, and, um, hot Ryan from new girl, the British guy that Jess was dating for a while is Mr. Brooke, Laurie's tutor. And he's still hot, even with a bad mustache. Um, this Amy is okay. It's the oldest daughter from big little lies. Um, Kristen Dunst or no Reese Witherspoon's daughter. Oh, the gotcha. one who was okay. doing the Facebook virginity project. She is mm, Amy yes. and she, She's not quite hateful enough for my taste. <laughs> like Kirsten Dunst and Samantha Mathis in the 1994 movie, like both of them shared that role and both of them were detestable in the perfect way that that role has to be. Um, so far, she's okay. Uh, she's she's not as hateful, but um, it's, it's beautiful to look at. Everyone is acting their ass off. This Joe is fine. I mean, I don't want to say she only got this part because of who her parents are, but she's, you know... She's she's not the greatest, um, but I'm I'm happy that this adaptation exists, and I look forward to watching uh, the rest of it on Sunday nights on PBS. She only got the part because her dad gave them free skateboarding lessons. <laughs> <laughs> Slash agree to not write any more novels. Knockwood. Uh, yes, and um, for my plug, I'm going to mention that anyone who is going to TV Camp, aka the ATX Festival. Um, the first week of June, I am going to be on a panel. 
I'm terrified about this. It's called Critics Throwdown. It's happening on Thursday, June 7th. It doesn't have a time slate yet, but obviously when you get your schedule, once you arrive at this, you'll be able to see it. And I know for past um, past ep- uh, panels that I've been on have been available via the um, various podcasts. So I will plug those if and when that also happens for people that don't get to go in person. But this is going to be a Critics Throwdown. Other panelists include Maureen Ryan, past guest of the show, Tim Goodman of The Hollywood Reporter, Sarah Rodman of Entertainment Weekly, and me. And apparently we're doing like a straight debate, like a high school debate. (laughs) I really hope we get the topics in advance (laughs) because I never was on the debate team. My school did not have one. I've never done anything like this. I certainly have lots of opinions, but can I back them up properly? Come and see. I got some pointers for you. What's that, Dave? Uh, Somebody, somebody give an opinion on something or, or, or a statement or an argument. Patrick Mellors was great. <laughs> Nick. Okay. Uh, I wanted to mention a couple of recent Netflix comedy specials that I enjoyed very much. One of them I'm sure you have heard about uh, if you're following any of us on Twitter, John Mulaney. Uh, it is called Kid Gorgeous at Radio City Music Hall. It is uh, one of the best comedy specials I've ever seen of any kind. Uh, yep. There were there were many moments when Alexis and I were just not able to breathe for many minutes at a time. Uh, he covers such topics as school assembly, which is just such a great <laughs> a great run on that. And then specifically his uh, street smarts education at the hand of one detective, J.J. Bittenbinder. <laughs> now, did you know? Did you <laughs> see that the, someone tracked this guy down? And yeah, and he actually him? had responses, and it was it was exactly it. the way you would hope he would be. Oh and, like God. he had no sense of humor about it whatsoever. It's amazing. Like, Google J.J. Bittenbinder, B-I-T-T-E-N-B-I-N-D-R for this guy's thoughts on John Mulaney's thoughts on him in this special. Because yeah, yeah, and also uh, as as people have noted, he does one of the best like comedic Trump critiques ever without ever once saying the words Donald Trump, which is uh, also masterful and hilarious. Uh, Another uh, slightly less recent uh, special that I wanted to mention, uh, Gad Elmala. It's called American Dream. He is this uh, French Moroccan comedian who in France, like nobody really knows who he is here, but in France, he is like Jerry Seinfeld plus Sasha Baron Cohen plus like Michael Jackson. Like he is like the most ridiculously famous beloved person there um but they did an episode of uh, this american life about him where he was talking about how like he is so famous in france that like he doesn't need to be funny anymore because people will just laugh at anything he does so he wanted to come to america and try to do comedy in english so that he would actually have to like challenge himself to to be funny again and actually learn like the difference between american comedy and french comedy and just like being funny in english which is really an art that is you know that, that there are like so many nuances to that nobody even realizes. So it was really interesting to have heard that episode and then see the special, which is really, really funny. Uh, there is, uh, I mean, so, you know, it, it, it veers toward Yakov Smirnoff, like what a country kind of stuff sometimes, <laughs> but like for the most part, it's, it's really good and really insightful. And uh, there's a part about uh, New York city cab drivers that again, like I just was like, I had to pause the show for like 10 minutes to, catch my breath uh, <laughs> uh so i highly recommend that one as well and uh and then one more the uh there's this netflix series called the stand-ups where they just do half hour comedy specials of a bunch of people the kyle canane one is fantastic if you haven't seen it oh uh, we didn't watch that one yet the dion cole one is very good good to know uh mm-hmm. and yeah that's it for me sarah d Bunting. 
I finally got around to finishing season one of Claws, by which I mean like the back half of it was on my DVR from last summer. And <laughs> I remembered basically nothing about it except that there was a nail salon. So I just treated myself and started over at the beginning to refresh myself and also luxuriate in uh, all the nail art and fun outfits. Uh, this show is so goddamn good. I cannot so wait good. for it to come back. Uh, I recommended it to, I think I finished um, the season like Friday afternoon and then I uh, began recommending it to like strangers, babies, non-English speakers, <laughs> everyone, but at least five people who like process the information over the weekend. Uh, I love so many things about it, but here's a short list. Number one, I am a magpie from New Jersey and everyone has such big hair and sparkly nails and uh, so forthright about just like serving up the cleavage uh, merchandise. I'd love just <laughs> looking at the show. You don't even have to listen to what's going on. Yeah. Uh, number two, it never ever judges its protagonists for doing what they have to do and being who they are. Uh, like Virginia is, you know, trying and kind of trashy, but the show has such affection for her and, you know, everything that she came from and where she's going that it's really nice. Uh, number three, the balance between legit darkness and warm hilarity is perfect. It's like a creamsicle that you're sort of like, how did they do that? How do they know how to do just <laughs> enough of, of each one? Uh, but they really do. It's uh, extremely well balanced and uh, paced and written. And uh, number four, did I mention the outfits, especially Carrie Preston's uh, print mixing? Uh, it is great. It is back next month. We will be talking about it. Get ready. Um, Claws. It's it's just up on Hulu all of season one. So if you missed it when it was on the T on TNT or on the TNT app, you can watch season one on Hulu as of last week. I think. I think that's right. And I would also recommend follow Nisi Nash on Instagram if you're not already. I don't know what you're doing with your life, but to get a preview of like the next season um, outfits, they are. She put up one that's like a gold lame jumpsuit today that I really was like. <laughs> I was slightly dumbstruck um, and also lots of shots of her with her um, her stunt double, who is also obviously gorgeous and amazing and looks hilarious in these outfits because you have to think she's not used to wearing that kind of thing. So, yeah, I 100 percent co-sign your uh, your love of claws. And you can also see uh, the epic old school recap that I wrote of the season one finale on uh, previously TV. Yes, I was just about to say that. Uh, and since yeah. I don't have to plug that anymore, I will add that on the Blotter Presents, uh, the true crime podcast this week, uh, we are going to find my husband's goddamn Unsolved Mysteries episode. <laughs> and if you help us, if you're the first one to ID him uh, in his segment, you can win a true crime book. Compliments of me. So uh, listen Ooh. to episode 55. Uh, check the show notes on uh, on the podcast page for more information. Uh, we do have some sketchy some sketchy details that might uh, help, and also Dan's headshot <laughs> from 1989 will be on our Twitter feed at Blotter Presents. He is being very nice about letting me do this. <laughs> Probably because he's sick of my at like, are you sure you don't remember which episode it was? He's like, ah, so listeners help us out, win a book. And uh, then you never have to listen to me talk about this again. It's like, you should you specify do. he's not on the show because he committed a crime they were trying to solve. He was a reenactor. <laughs> Correct. He was okay. a reenactor. Oh, yeah. so, so he was not a ghost. But yeah, this like, you know, this goes back to our first date that I was like, you were? That's so cool. Did you get to meet Robert Stack? And he's like, I don't appreciate you making fun of me. And I'm like, <laughs> I am not. I am into that. Love it. <laughs>
It is time for another Canon Pitch this week. Nick is up. Take it away, Nick. Okay, we return to one of my favorite shows, a show I've submitted previously to the Patrick Melrose. <laughs> I'm submitting all five episodes Yay. of Patrick Melrose. You must watch this right now. Um, <laughs> no, this is uh, Happy Endings, which if you've never heard of it, it's just like community, except there's no Chevy Chase and none of its fans turned violently against it by the time it was canceled. Uh, but seriously, those those shows have more in common than than just that. At their best, uh, neither show was really trying to be about anything, and they're just well-designed sandboxes for all sorts of ridiculous comedy to take place in. And this particular episode of Happy Endings, much to my delight, sweeps aside anything resembling emotion or character development in favor of balls-to-the-wall insanity with some of the best purely visualist humor the series has ever done, which is saying a lot. Uh, the main plot is so simple that I can sum it up in a sentence, so I will do that. Uh, here it is. The rest of the gang fools Max into thinking he won the lottery, which angers him so much that he spends the rest of the episode carefully plotting his revenge through an escalating series of pranks. Uh, much like one of my other favorite revenge epics, Kill Bill, the very first scene is crucial in establishing a strong motive for our character's revenge. So let's hear a little bit of that. Oh, my God. The final Illinois Millions Jackpot number is... One. Oh my god. What? What's up, man? Oh my god, oh my god. Be so excited about I won. What? <laughs> I won! No way! Yeah. Shut up. Ah! Ah! I'm rich! <laughs> I'm no longer the poor one! I'm not sharing this with any of you! You're all dead to me! Win! <laughs> Win! Win! Ah, get your poor hands off me! I am out of here! Max, stop! You didn't win. What? We pranked you. Those were last week's numbers. Funny bit, though, right? <laughs> Hi, buddy. Hi. You are so passionate. Read my lips. I am going to get revenge on every last one of you. And no one will be able to escape the wrath of Max Broom. What? Damn it. Max Bloom. I mess up my own name. It's your fault. And now I'm embarrassed. And I will revenge on all of you even harder. <laughs> uh, the, the running gag of him misps saying his own name is one of the stupidest things that's that's like ridiculously funny in this episode but um yeah so since i've already summed up the plot i don't really need to provide a lot of exposition to keep things going here so suffice it to say that the first bit of pranksmanship involves an exploding whipped cream covered waffle and in all seriousness i absolutely tip my hat to the effects and props team in this episode for creating all these amazingly sinister contraptions that max himself never actually could have built in a million years but we're not caring about that because they're so damn funny uh, and there is a non-prank related subplot in this episode. And in my last happy endings episode that I submitted, I did kind of bemoan the B story for being too serious relative to the rest of the show. Luckily, that's definitely not the case here. Uh, Brad is attempting to return to the workforce after his extended sabbatical, except his interviewing skills have gotten a little bit rusty as we'll hear from this clip. <laughs> that is why my addiction to working late is a strength, not a weakness. So do I fill out my W2 now or five minutes ago? <laughs> <clears throat> good looking family you got there handsome son that's my daughter stephanie well she sure knows her way around a chainsaw <laughs> lovely wife by the way that's my brother dog baby did i mention i'm black several times <laughs> affirmative 
action? <laughs> uh, the solution to Brad's job woes turns out to be just as silly as anything else in this episode, but we'll get to that shortly. For now, let's get back to the pranks, which continue with an appetizing stack of muffins rigged to a paintball cannon. Again, we'll table this discussion of whether a broke 20-something who can't even keep the floor of his car intact could possibly rig up such a complicated device, <laughs> and simply praise Max for convincing Alex that Muffin Month had arrived four months early. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, while the rest of the gang tries to stay one step ahead of Max's schemes, Alex decides she's had enough and tries to broker a truce with her enemy, which begins with her preemptively slicing off a giant hunk of her own hair, as we'll hear in the next clip. Here you go. Great prank! What are you doing, you tiny psycho? I'm pranking myself so I don't have to wait for you to do it. I can't handle living in fear. Are we even now? Huh? No, we're not even. And when it comes... My revenge will be served like the tennis serve of a seventh grade girl. Slow, out of bounds, and I will pull balls out of my skirt. Wait! <laughs> listen, listen, you devil! How about this? If you promise not to prank me, I will help you prank everybody else. Hmm. Come on. I guess I could use an adorable idiot like you. I knew you would see my value. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, Brad returns to Jane with the triumphant news that he has landed a job as CFO, which, of course, stands for Chief Fun Officer because he's decided to leave the financial world behind and work at a kid's indoor playground called Chuckles and Hugs, or as Jane calls it, one of my favorite things from this show ever, <laughs> Fartles and James. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we return once again to the prankathon. Penny is delighted to discover a trail of rose petals leading to an engagement ring from her boyfriend, Pete. But when she picks up the phone to break the thrilling news to her mother, she gets slime just like Alanis Morissette in 1986. Look it up. <laughs> this leads her to assume that Max planned the entire romantic tableau just to punk her, which, spoiler alert, turns out not to be the case, and culminates in Penny doing an extended dumpster dive in search of her engagement ring, which, to be cruelly honest, is pretty much her character in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> um, as for Alex, her attempt at being a double agent for Max backfires immediately and painfully, even though all she needs to do is get Dave to sit down on a couch. <laughs> and let's hear that clip. Long day. Mama can tell. Come sit on this here couch and Mama will make your achy calves feel all better on the couch. Wink, wink. Mama's me. You're working with Max, aren't you? What? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, if you're not working with Max, why don't you sit on the couch. Fine. Don't know why you're being so weird. Love couch sitting. My tiny leg! Oh, are you okay? Uh, yeah, I think so. What was your end game? You knew the couch was rigged. I don't know. This prank thing is making me crazy. Al, look at yourself. This is getting ridiculous. You don't have to join Max. We can prank him, beat him at his own game. We'll give him a shot of pre-vengeance with a dose of pre-taliation and finish him off with a load of pre-comeuppance. I'm in. It's about time someone got him back for that airbag in the couch prank. Uh... I also just want to mention here that Alex's alluring hair tousle with her half-mangled haircut is probably my favorite tiny moment in this episode. <laughs> and once again, tip of the hat to the exploding couch gag itself, which looks like something out of a live-action Roadrunner cartoon. <laughs> um, as previously mentioned, Penny is forced to root through mountains of garbage to find her lost engagement ring. But to make matters even worse, Max, who is helping her with this task, reveals that he also set up a prank for Pete, which he forgot about. And let's hear what happened to him. I'm glued to the toilet! <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Pete. 
Uh, back at Fartles and James, Brad and Jane come to an understanding when she visits him at work and sees how happy he is, at least until he learns that one of his tasks will be using a large implement known as the diaper fork. Uh, (laughs) and then we arrive at the grand finale wherein dave and alex rig max's unlicensed limousine with a little surprise as explained in our final clip now you're about to witness some real genius specifically the popcorn prank from real genius doesn't take a real genius to know that is a prank i am not familiar with now i snuck into max's limo and rigged 12 hot plates and a ton of popcorn bags to the ignition when he starts the engine, the limo will fill with delicious popcorn, and we will laugh and laugh. Max is in there! Oh, God! Oh, God! Oh, God! My sweet, sweet Max! Oh, my God! What happened? I killed my friend. His life was his art, and I killed him. I miss him already. I miss my dead, dead friend. Yeah, you do. Huh? I got <laughs> you should have seen your face crying over my dumb memory. <laughs> oh, oh. I'm never letting go of this thick biscuity torso. Max, you are the worst. How did you even pull this off? Well, I snuck through the Flintstones hole in my limo, blew it up, thus faking my own death. And Dave, you sentimental bitch, Alex was working with me the whole time. Hey. I win. <laughs> I win! I pranked all of you! Max Bloom! I said my name right! Max Bloom! I said my name right! I am the wiener! Damn it! Winner! So, you knowingly blew up your one and only source of income for a prank. Mm. No, Jane. I am going to collect such the big daddy sweet insurance check once. Damn it, I don't have insurance. Um, so everyone's okay. Pete still proposes to Penny in an avalanche of popcorn, the ridiculousness of which helps to undercut the mushiness of that particular moment. And for one last little meaningless but fun twist, we learn that Alex was the little blonde Kaiser Soze of this whole thing, which makes even less sense than the actual twist it is parodying, but no matter. Uh, I really don't have much to analyze about this episode. It's just 22 minutes of pure fun. The cast chews up and swallows every bite of the ludicrous plot and dialogue. And all I can say is if you don't love a good prank feud episode, I pity you and your cold dead heart because the Merry Prankster is the Citizen Kane of Prankathons. So let's put it in the damn canon already. (laughs) Sarah, why don't you go first? Um, I am a little sorry that we didn't get to hear Jane's Here's Your Star Cake Ambassador Zorb um, because I just (laughs) love that. Um, I'm doing the world's uh, most dragged out happy endings uh, marathon. Uh, right now and i just happened to have watched the merry prankster uh like two weeks ago and it was a delight to watch it again amc network's sundance now is a premium streaming video service offering a rich selection of prestige dramas heart-stopping thrillers and gripping true crime series from around the world sundance now believes that life is more enriching when experienced through perspectives that differ from our own why is sundance now so awesome Sundance Now's catalog includes award-winning original content, international exclusives, and hard-to-find properties at a fair price. You get premium content and no commercials for as low as $4.99 a month with an annual membership. And you can enjoy it anywhere. Sundance Now works on all your favorite devices. Download the app or watch online on Apple and Android devices, Amazon Fire TV, Google Chromecast, Roku, and more. My favorite aspect of Sundance Now is their documentary library. Pop culture investigations like The Cult of J.T. Leroy, The Pussy Riot Doc, and that must-see for Project Runway fans, Bill Cunningham, New York. 
but the catalog is impressively deep on the true crime front, too. There are lots of films I've covered for my true crime newsletter, but just as many I haven't had a chance to watch yet, and I had to force myself not to start Valentine Road instead of recording this ad, so... Let's get to that promo code so that I can get back to the film, and you can join me free for 30 days. Start streaming your next obsession. To try Sundance Now free for 30 days, go to SundanceNow.com and use promo code EHG. That's S-U-N-D-A-N-C-E-N-O-W.com and use promo code EHG for 30 days of free streaming. Thanks, Sundance Now! And um, it's like got sight gags. It's got funny lines. It's got running gags. Like the popcorn thing is really hilarious. Um, season three has been not the greatest. Like it's still a fun show and I still love it. But like it seems really, really strained sometimes and kind of like it's trying to recapture past fun from past seasons, but uh, this episode is absolutely not that. Uh, it feels totally natural and true to the show. Um, and the like the revelations that various pranks weren't pranks, like the subs for guns thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Max is like, that wasn't me. Uh, and Dave being like, we don't have ice cream. <laughs> I mean, like, it's it's just so good. And they're trying to get out of the ball pit when the diaper fork appears. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just really good. It's everything the show does well. And, uh, you know, Buncey's personal, like, canon thing is, do I want to keep watching? Like, yes, I do. So, uh, yeah, excellent presentation. Um, you could have just played the entire episode as far as I'm concerned. There's really not a weak spot. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, several times. Um, this is great. Uh, this is, a, this is an underrated show. And actually I was telling my sister-in-law who was a big community fan, um, over the weekend that she should try to get into happy endings. And she like still holds a grudge because, I guess the happy endings guy took over for community guy for a while and then Mm -hmm. ruined it. And I was like, I always hated community. So that wasn't a problem for me. And then there was a silence. And uh, then we started doing like the finger snaps from West side story (laughs) in a spa. And uh, like other uh, guests thought we were really weird, but anyway, that's, that's my family for you. Sure. Um, But yeah, that that's interesting that, that you brought that up. Um, But yeah, I, this is one of the few sitcoms that I, truly love and this episode is classic it so yeah good presentation thanks for uh, having us watch it again tara uh i don't have a ton to add my favorite uh one of my favorite moments from this episode and the reason that i acquired it um before it was available on hulu so that i could make a gif was when we find out brad is the first one pranked and it's because max went after his two favorite things malotions and the cream so he put stripper <laughs> glitter in them yeah. brad didn't notice <laughs> completely moisturized himself and then we get a cutaway to jane taking advantage of the situation by putting brad in a cowgirl outfit and making him do a lap dance which he does <laughs> Facing away from her, of course, with the most bitter face. And as you all know, one of my favorite things is grim dancing. And that is an excellent example. <laughs> Bring out the guns. Um, Bring out the guns. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is fun. I, I, was, I would call the Brad career thing like a C plot. Uh, because the A plot of the pranks um, ties in better, I would say, with like the B plot of the proposal. And the, the way oh, that's that... that's fair. Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, whatever. It's academic. But I, but I think... Um, that we by this point we know these characters so well that 
it's it's easy to believe that the proposal is a prank and not actually Pete's doing because Penny has been extremely unlucky in love. She's also only, as he mentions in his proposal, like just met this guy. So it's like it does seem improbable that this would be a legit proposal. Um, and the fact that she goes out and rents a wedding dress so that she can play along <laughs> has to be told like that's not actually that it, it, it's it's real. I mean, it's just it's a it's a great plot device that ties in beautifully with what we know about the characters. Um, so I think that's very well executed. The Brad stuff is fine. I mean, the rainbow wig is good, but and Fartles and James is great, of course. Uh, and the phrasing of like you one, I would love to see the scratched out uh, alt for diaper fork because you know there had to be some, and yet that was <laughs> the perfect phrase. Like it couldn't be diaper shovel. Like it had to be diaper fork. It's so disgusting. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, great, great presentation. Good choice. I agree with Sarah about season three, but this is this is a standout episode for that period and. Usually Nick Zeno is not that funny. This episode is no exception, but do I ever mind looking at him? No, I do not. Dave. <laughs> the beauty of diaper fork and why that works so well is twofold. One <laughs> is you get the imagery of perhaps that pitchfork piercing a diaper, you know, uh -huh. doing it. or alternatively uh, being used as more of a shovel you get the imagery mm -hmm. of the diaper sort of drooping between the tongs <laughs> either way yes. diaper fork is really like the most evocative uh utensil that you can uh bring into the equation so yeah uh, i will say this that the uh citizen kane of prank episodes is actually paper war from magnum pi not this episode um <laughs> yeah nick god forgiveness please <laughs> um, i will say though for a prank episode the pranks are that are in the show aren't that great they're not that imaginative. They're just things. It's just like Seth Rogen came in and jotted down some pranks and they did those. If they took more time on the pranks and made them inventive in their own right, I think it could have elevated the episode, especially the glue one was very, very lazy. And I thought that the Max Broom Bloom winner wiener bit was really forced. I thought that just didn't seem natural or right in it. Um, I didn't I didn't like that that running gag i laughed a lot at this episode i just don't think it's like the best of it and i think if they spent more time on the pranks it could have been a lot better um so i would say definitely worth your time watching but for me not really the cream of the crop the best of the best all right tara what say you i say yay sarah i also say yay and i will say nay but it don't matter because Two out of three for Happy Endings, Season 3, Episode 12, The Merry Prankster. Congratulations, you are hereby inducted into the Extra Hog Great Canon. Americans love a winner. Yup. And will not tolerate a loser. Nope. It is time for Winner and a Loser of the Week. Sarah has our winner. I sure do. It is a show's landing on new networks quote-unquote uh because bravo has uh, rehomed project runway for season 17 spread eagle. spread eagle uh and also brooklyn 99 which uh was canceled by fox for reasons that really make no sense is rescued from said cancellation by nbc which is probably where it always belonged in the first place yeah and loser week uh fired headliners uh one fired a long time ago jeffrey tambor because now we are heading into 
for your consideration period for the Emmys. And his name has been quietly withdrawn from Emmy consideration by Amazon for reasons we all know. But the big loser this week is a previous loser, Clayne Crawford, the <laughs> co-star, or I should say former co-star of Lethal Weapon, because he was not only officially fired, he was erased from the Fox upfronts. There's a hilarious picture that we t- retweeted from our uh, Twitter account at Previously TV of the <laughs> the poster from the Fox upfronts that's just Damon Wayans and empty space, because while <laughs> they did replace Clayne Crawford... Um, with Sean William Scott, who is playing his brother, so that it's still Riggs and Murtaugh, but it's just a different Riggs. Um, that that news was so new, they didn't have a chance to like Photoshop him in next to Damon Wayans. <laughs> so that's awkward. And also, uh, Damon Wayans last night um, tweeted several videos, one of which included uh, him getting hit by shrapnel from the episode that Clayne Crawford directed, which, as we recall, was one of the reasons we were told he was possibly going to get fired and this was damon wayne's proving like well now that he's been fired here's why he injured me and then apparently like once this has gotten out deleted his twitter completely so i mean i guess mission accomplished but tough time to be clean crawford you made a lot of mistakes speaking of making a lot of mistakes you know what time it is (laughs) oh no it's game time (laughs) thanks feed tara Hello, everybody. This is the fourth game time of the season. Season scores are Sarah 2, Tara 1, value guess zero, zero, 0. Today we are playing concise character conflations from Corey. Hi, you've reached the Corey hotline. 4 95 <laughs> a minute. Here are some words that rhyme with Corey. Glory. Story. Allegory. Montessori. Who earns herself, I believe, an extra credit, redeemable for an extra hot, great mini topic of her choosing. I hope I'm right. Apologies if I'm not. I am going to read you a clue. There are two roles in the clue played by the same actor. For two points, name the actor and both shows. Uh, The clue is the first name of one of the characters in question. The correct answer would then be worth one point. Guesses are final answers. And uh, et cetera, et cetera. So here is an example. You are literally the best president I've ever had the pleasure to serve. Who's the actor? Rob Lowe. And the shows are? Uh, Parks and Recreation and The West Wing. That is how you play. The clue would have been Sam. Sam. Uh-huh. All right. Got it. Got it. Tara, please yes. tell us the steel mill situation. Okay. I have none. The valued guest has two. Sarah Bunting has four. All right. Very good. And let's throw it to the person in control choosing initiative, a.k.a. Picky to see who is going to go first. We will start with Tara. All right. Tara, hmm? Nick, Sarah is our order. Are we ready to play concise character conflations? Yes. Yes. Here we go. Tara, how will I choose Ben Noel or Mother Russia? <laughs> Carrie Russell. That's worth one point for another point. The shows. Felicity and the Americans. You got your two points, Nick. I wonder who in my hell dimension Larry will offend first. Uh... I wonder who in my hell dimension Larry will offend first. 
Take a crack at the answer or ask for a clue. Uh, I think I need a clue. All right, your clue is Ted. Ted. Wow, I have no idea. Steel mail? Steel mail. It's it's, uh, worth one point, just so you know. Oh, only one point still? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Well, he asked for the clue, so he can only get yeah, one point. Yeah, true. Okay. Um, it's John Ritter, and it's Buffy and Three's Company. It is not. It is Ted Danson oh. from The Good Place and Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> oh. Bye, Steel Meal. All right, Sarah. Here's your wow. chance to make up for that. My hook hand won't stop me from pitching the Kodak account. My hook hand won't stop uh-huh. me from pitching the Kodak account. My hook hand. Yes. Stop me from pitching. Hint. Dawn. Oh right. Dawn. <laughs> steel mill. Steel mill. Does he have steel mills? Right, well, he has two. Thank you. Wasn't paying attention earlier because I'm a good uh, host. It would be. Uh, John Hamm, Mad Men, and 30 Rock. That's good for one nice. point. All right, Tara, back to you. Yep. Uh, oh, dear. <laughs> Ready? Mm-hmm. My hook hand won't stop me from making sure Selena's every need is met. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking the first time. Oh, no. What is the actor's name? The shows are... The shows are Arrest Development and Veep, and the actor's name is Oh no! Wow. I'm totally blanking. I can't remember his name. I'm totally blanking. Honestly, the actor's name is Tony Hale. Yes, it is. Tony Hale. <laughs> All right, back to Nick. I'd like to sleep with this forensic anthropologist, but I'm afraid I'll lose my soul again. <laughs> David Boreanaz, Buffy, and Bones. Boning Buffy. <laughs> oh, boo. Sarah, <laughs> if yeah. I don't kill all these deserving people, how will my family's funeral home stay in business? Uh, that is Michael C. Hall of Dexter and Six Feet Under. Also get two points. Tara, yep. I think my wife's cheating on me. Maybe I should buy her a wall. Uh, that's Joshua Jackson of The Affair and Dawson's Creek. You are correct. Two points. Nick. Good. Getting Max to be the first alien, the first ever alien suitor is going to be such a coup for me. Wait, say it again. Getting Max to be the first ever alien suitor is going to be such a coup for me. Uh, I need a clue. Liz. The character in one of those shows is named Liz. definitely the most the more obscure one (laughs) i don't know that is shirley appleby shiri 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 appleby from Mm -hmm. roswell and unreal uh sarah d bunting yeah i'm not sure the other member of the cul-de-sac crew respect my fancy guest towels The actor in the show. Guest house. Uh, I will need a hint. Monica. Oh, 
Uh, okay, that's Courtney Cox, and it's uh, Cougar Town and Friends. You are correct. That is worth one point. Tara Ariano. Please yes. don't tell anyone at my publishing imprint that I'm actually a 40-year-old widowed ballerina. <laughs> that's Sutton Foster from Younger and Bunheads. You are correct. Nick. If my choices are Dean, Jess, Logan, or gender treachery, I guess I choose gender treachery. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Certainly she did plenty of that on one of those shows. Uh, Alexis Bledel, (laughs) Gilmore Girls, and The Handmaid's Tale. You are correct. And that is worth two points. Sarah, taking us into our first score break. My eyes, my eyes. I don't want to see that. My eyes, my eyes. I don't want to see that hint. Valerie. (laughs) And it's probably more like, I don't want to see that. There you go. I'm going to have to take Tara's word for it. I trust her. Uh, It's not helpful. (laughs) So I don't know. Tara, do you want to let us know what the answers are? Do you think you know? Sure. Yes, I do. That's Lisa Kudrow from The Comeback and Friends. You are correct on that one. All right. That brings us into our first score break. Tara, may I please have the scores? Yes. Sarah D. Bunting has three. Nick has five. I have six. Very close games. All right. Very good. Back to Tara Ariano. Here we go. If I ever get off this island, I'm meeting my four orphaned siblings for our weekly (laughs) dinner. (laughs) That's Matthew Fox of Lost and Party of Five. Correct. Nick. The best perk of running my own medical practice is that I can institute fashion shows at lunch. Uh, um, oh, um, Mindy Kaling, the Mindy Project in the office. You are correct. Fashion show, fashion show, fashion show at lunch. Back to Sarah D. Bunting. A, as a powerful good witch, it's my pleasure and duty to cast an anti-braying spell on my brother. Uh, That is Shannon Doherty of Charmed and Beverly Hills 90210. You are correct, Tara Ariano. If my product damages your teeth, I can offer you a discounted visit to my dental practice. If my product damages your teeth, I can offer you a discounted visit to my dental practice. Oh. Hint. Walter. Oh, um, that's uh, Brian Cranston from um, Breaking Bad and Seinfeld. Yes. Well done. All right. This is question 17. It's pretty good. For Nick. I left New York and moved to Italy to learn how to make traditional chicky chicky parm parm. Uh. I'm going to guess uh, Aziz Ansari, Master of None, and Parks and Recreation. You guess correct. Very good. God? <laughs> is Ted pining after Robin again? Bored now. God, is Ted pining after Robin again? Bored now. Uh, that is Alison Hannigan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and How I Met Your Mother. You are correct for two points. Tara, this is question. <laughs> I'm like totally positive that Tino's been turned against our country. 
<laughs> That's Claire Danes from My So-Called Life and Homeland. You are correct. Bornick. <laughs> Ugh, these men. One of them talks my ear off about his alien conspiracy theories, and the other one literally takes my leg off. Uh, hint. Dana. Okay, that's what I thought. The other one. Um, yeah, Jillian Anderson. Um, X-Files and something I don't know. Something I don't know is correct in from your perspective, but we're looking for Hannibal as the other part of that. Oh, uh, yeah. So he doesn't get any part no and yeah. doesn't After get one clue, point? I want all oh, okay. the information. Okay, okay. Okay. Uh, Sarah D. Bunting, yes, hold that pose. That's going to be the cover shot. Who's your daddy? <laughs> yes, hold that pose. That's going to be the cover shot. Who's your daddy? Oh. Who's your daddy? Oh, hint. Keith. Oh, my God. What the hell is the name of that thing? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, it's Enrico Colantuoni, uh, Veronica Mars, and just shoot me. Sarah! Oh. <laughs> nice. Juggling all of my political machinations in Baltimore and King's Landing is getting difficult. Oh, okay. I think his name is Aiden Gillen from Game of Thrones and The Wire. You are correct. Nice. Great. Nice. It is to Nick. Okay, so I hit your kid. Don't you think calling me bloody face is a little extreme? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, okay, well. I know one of the shows is The Slap, but I don't know who it is. Uh, hint? Oliver. Probably doesn't really yeah, help people. I got, I got nothing beyond that. Mm. That is Zachary Quinto. The shows are, as you mentioned, The Slap, and the other one is American Horror Story Asylum. Yep. Whoa. All right. This is for Sarah bringing us into our second score break. Just let me watch Gary Shandling and Code in Peace, okay? Gary Shandling and Code in Peace. Hint. Bill. Oh. Mm. I get it. I have no idea. Sorry. Steel mm. All right. This is for one point. Uh, yep. One point. Uh, Martin Starr, Freaks and Geeks in Silicon Valley. You are correct. And that uh. steel is worth a point. Very well done. Tari Ariano, let me sing you a sad country song about the professional athlete who murdered my friend. The professional athlete who murdered my friend. Let me sing you a sad country song about the professional uh -huh. athlete who murdered my friend. Uh, I mean, I assume one of them is Nashville, but I, I need a hint. Raina. <laughs> oh. What professional athlete ruined her friend on a, or murdered her friend on another show? Shit. I, I'm gonna get. I guess Connie Britton. 
Nashville and American Horror Story? American Horror Story adjacent. That's Nashville and American Crime Story, The People versus O.J. Right. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Of course. All right, Nick. I fight, drink, have PTSD, and run a detective agency. Want to be roomies? I drink, I have PTSD, and I run detective agency. Want to be roomies? Um, Ow. I'm going to need a hint. All right. Jessica. Oh, okay. Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> Kristen Ritter, Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23, and Jessica Jones. Yeah, you are correct, and that is worth one point. I was on a Donald Logue track. I was very confused. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I was like, Luke Cage had a roommate? Sarity <laughs> Bunting, I find the serial... Bunting, I find the serial killers are more amenable to answering our questions if I serenade them with some light a cappella singing first. Serial killers and a cappella? Uh, uh, I don't know, hint... Holden. Holden. Holden? Holden my groin. Yeah. I don't know. That was one of the tougher ones, I think. As Jonathan Groff from Mindhunter and Glee. Yeah. Oh. Not in a million years. Even with the serial killer one, I was like, <laughs> who from Criminal Minds was on Cop Rock? No. Uh, see, I was thinking it was um, Darren Chris, but then I was like, but he was the serial killer, but because he, he was on Glee also. Ooh, another good answer. Mm. Everybody oh, has well. two questions left. This is for Tara. Okay. Diane, yep. I think I'm going to run for mayor of Portland. That's Kyle McLaughlin from Twin Peaks and Portlandia. Two points. Nick, huddle up. Now, I know for a fact that we could win tonight's big game. How? Let's just say I get my news a little ahead of schedule. Oh, I was hoping it would be this. Okay. <laughs> Shoot up. All right. Don't blow this thing. Kyle Chandler, early edition in Friday Night Lights. You are correct for two points. Well nice. done. Sarah Debunting. Between my research on sexuality and my cater waiting day job, I've sure learned a lot about humanity. About humanity. Um, the cater waiting day job. I don't think the hint is going to help, but let's have the hint anyway. Virginia. No, it did not help. Uh, I don't know that actor's name, and one of them is Masters of Sex, but I don't know the other one. Well, you had the, you had it right in your brain. The actor's name is Lizzie Kaplan, and that was Master of Sex and Party Down. Party yeah, Down. Yeah, would never. Have Quick score that. break, please. Everybody has one question left. Okay, Sarah has eight. Nick has 13. I have 15. Ooh, dun, okay, dun, so dun. a possible tie-up is in the cards. Yep. Tara has to get this one totally wrong. Like, really wrong. But here we go. <laughs> Tara. So wrong that you take points away. Yeah, it could happen. Mm. I can get you your Lone Star beer, buddy. But as far as all that talk about time being a flat circle, I really don't follow. This is going to be... Woody Harrelson from True Detective and Cheers. Yes, correct. Hey! Nice. Lone Star <laughs> Beer, and he can get it for you. All right, Nick. 
Well, can of vegetables, I consider the crime I saw in Vietnam especially heinous. <laughs> uh, okay, Chris Maloney, uh, SVU, and Wet Hot American Summer? Correct. That's All a right. nice bit of clue business. <laughs> it is. Well it? done. <laughs> Sarah, this is the last question of the game. I find you guilty, remnant. That is Amy Brenneman from Judging Amy and the Leftovers. Yes. Gorgeous. Final (laughs) scores, please, Tara. Sarah finished with 10 points. Nick had 15. I have 17. All right. Well done. Before we make it official, we do have a tiebreaker, which is now going to be played for a single steel meal. I am going to read the clue. First person to give me any part of the answer. Any part of the answer. Mm-hmm. will win the steel mill. Are you ready? Are you locked in, Tara? Yes. Are you locked in, Nick? Yes. Are you locked in, Sarah? <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I'm the one in charge here, and I demand some toss salad and scrambled eggs. Kelsey Grammer, uh, Boston, <laughs> Frazier. Yes. Oh, Nick provided it all. That was so good, Nick, in giving you two steel meals. Because hey! Great. I'm bad for using them up for the rest of the Valley Guests, but now I got them. <laughs> uh, well played. Tara. All right, guys, that is it for another episode of Extra. Ah, great. We shot up Cinnamon Toast and Crunch Addicted and Bad Dad Drama Patrick Melrose. <laughs> Everybody together now. Before going around the dial with stops at Little Women, some Netflix comedy specials, and Claws. Nick made the successful case for adding Happy Endings the Merry Prankster, to the canon. We crowned winners and losers of the week, and Tara was a winner of this week's game time, tying the season up. Remember. We're listening. I am David T. Cole, and on behalf of Tara Ariano. My tiny leg! Sarah D. Bunting. That was definitely penis water. And we're just going to go with it because this is the way it's in my notes. Nice, Rhinewell Jones. (laughs) Get your poor hands off me. (laughs) Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time right here on Extra Not Great. Anyway, the only blemish on this particular trip, I think I heard this story when I was, what, eight? Was that one of the hunting party was bitten by a wild dog and developed the symptoms of rabies three days from the nearest hospital and this hunting party of judges and generals decided to truss up their foaming, thrashing friend in a net and hoist him off the ground. Dinner was served. There were lanterns down the table, gleam of silver, well-trained servants. None of us could quite enjoyed dinner with all that screaming, so I got up from the table, fetched my pistol, went over to the rabid man and shot him in the head. Much Much the the kindest thing thing to to do. do. Everyone agreed, eventually. (laughs) (laughs) This has been a production of the Previously.tv Podcast Network.